2: ryan welcome to the cognitive recalibration podcast as always i'm your host shravan we've got tyrone here with us hello um and we're joined by special guest um returning guest always fun to have him on the podcast baska welcome back hello nice to be back and uh, we are talking uh, the big bet that that you two had (laughs) is is going to it's going to be revealed who who wins wins that bet today.
3: Almost forgot that bet. <laughs> <laughs> we should have maybe had a cutoff. I didn't even check the results. Yeah. so <laughs> we'll, Nada. We'll, Is we'll there check. results? Yeah.
2: There is results. I've got multiple um, sources as well. So I've got IMDb, Rotten Tomatoes. Wow,
3: Sraven did his research on this one.
2: Metacritic. We've got we've got all of them together. So. If but, there's
3: a sock in that bin, I, I already know what's going on.
2: <laughs> so. Well, Remy will be ready with, uh, to eat any socks. So. He
0: tried to eat our socks. Prior to the yeah, prior when, to the results yeah when, prior to jump on, the gun, yeah, when we had them on the gun, we had them on as
2: well.
3: So. Yeah, uh, I'm I'm just very glad I didn't make the condition the box office because i would yeah. be eating like more than one sock right now. I've had <laughs> I mean, it it pretty-
0: movies don't do great box office. Yeah. Either they're Batman, like
3: the Dark Knight and Dark Knight
2: Rises, both did over a billion.
0: Yep, but, but since other than that then, it's like eight hundred, like around that region. And Tenant was worse. Tenant yeah. was
2: less yeah. because yeah. of COVID. But then, um, yeah, I think.
0: Dunkirk was like six or five or six. But like war movies tend to not do that well yeah. anyway either. Yeah, oh, that's nuts. Yeah. I
2: think his last highest grossing one was Interstellar. Um, and then before that, it would have been Inception. Dark Knight Rises. Hmm. Well, yeah, excluding the uh, Dark Knight. Yeah, so it would have been Inception. But yeah, we'll, we'll go through. We'll, we'll do the bet at the end. So we'll, yeah. we'll, uh, we'll nice. get to that right after we express our thoughts on both the movies so nice, nice concluding point to finish on <laughs> um, what we'll do actually before we get into our thoughts on the movies is just talk about this phenomenon of barbenheimer oh barbenheimer so we watched open weekend opening weekend we we did oppenheimer first and then uh barbie yep. not on the same day yep. i think that would be quite difficult actually that'd be a very do, intense experience <laughs> to do it both in the same day just cuz oppenheimer is 3 hours and then um oh, barbie's like
3: Two hours, but yeah, you know. we, did, we did Oppenheimer on the Friday. We and did Oppenheimer we did on the Friday, and then Sunday. Sunday. Sunday, we had yeah. like a day in between, yeah, yeah, we had a day in between. I'm glad yeah. we did
0: because otherwise, it would have been too crazy, <laughs> yeah, you would have just been too tired, I think, yeah yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: Um, but box office wise, so both of these movies combined, uh, is the highest opening weekend since Avengers Endgame, that's great, which was which is the highest opening weekend ever, yeah, in history, wow. So um, it's, it's done extremely well. And it's become a bit of a cultural like phenomenon. Like Everyone needs to watch both of these movies. It feels like it's, yeah. a, it's a thing that people do.
3: But it, it's really funny because in the beginning, in the very early stages, I remember in this podcast, you guys were both talking about it, and it was like it wasn't a thing. It wasn't Babenheim. It was like this, it's kind of weird that they're releasing two films that are so different, different at yeah. the same time, and we thought one's going to eat the other. Like what happened to Mission Impossible? <laughs>
2: Yeah, well, that's the they collateral. both ate Mission Impossible. They both hate yeah. Impossible. that was the collateral damage of this success is yeah. um, the- Tom Cruise.
0: Yeah, <laughs> yeah he died. <laughs> no, he's not. He's still well. Yeah, yeah. And truly alive. He's yeah. got
2: Scientology to like,
0: yeah, to fuel him to, yeah.
2: to
3: revive him. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
2: um, but yeah, like the Mission Impossible, which was we reviewed it. It was a good movie. We thought it was it was a pretty good movie. One of the best. Mission Impossible movies, but unfortunately, it came out the week before these two, and it was just completely forgotten.
0: Um, I don't think people have watched it. Yeah, yeah,
2: and we talked about the IMAX thing, how Tom Cruise missed out on all the IMAX screens, but I don't think, I don't think it was Oppenheimer that killed. We we spoke about this um, yeah. off off podcast. It was but, the um, Meg Two. It was the Meg Two. <laughs> it <was> no, two. <laughs> um, it was Barbie that I think ultimately killed I Mission Impossible because. Uh, he lost the IMAX screens, but he would have had a lot of the other screens, which you know, uh, the non-IMAX screens. But all of those screens were taken up by Barbie because of the phenomenal success of Barbie. Eventually, that sort of led to uh, Mission Impossible not not having much of an audience because everyone was going to watch either of these two.
3: Well, like look at look at Oppenheimer, which was almost exclusively on, oh, it was made for IMAX. You try and make a booking. It's booked out for the next two months. Yeah. And it was like upon release. We tried to find a booking in like mid August, yeah, back in July. And I'm like, it's all sold out. That the box office record for IMAX is not greater just because people are paying like $38 a ticket. Yeah. It's because the IMAX theaters are so few, they're eclipsed by all the other regular theaters. So, yeah, if anything pushed it out, it was definitely Barbie because that, yeah, it, it, you can still go see Mission Impossible. It's just, I think the fact that people are also kind of budgeting what movies they want to see. That's right. So I was like, I uh, gotta catch Barbie and maybe I'll catch Oppenheimer and that's it. I'm done for like the whole mid-year yeah. cinema fest. I
0: think it's good. I think they're going to swallow everything around. It. Like no one's going to watch anything around Barbie and Oppenheimer for, for like a, the next or month. Li- yeah. and there's
2: no big releases. Um, and a lot of the releases have actually postponed their release. Uh, yeah, for a couple. Well,
0: there's a rider strike and stuff going. Yeah, on a couple as well, of reasons. Which, yeah, so for yeah, strike yeah, still yeah. going on.
2: That the strike and then um, so Grand Turismo, which we were gonna watch. Last weekend. Oh, they've pushed that
0: back now. Well, they, yeah. it's showing here, but in America, it's pushed
2: yeah. They've back. they've yeah. pushed the yeah. release, and then um, like Haunted Magic. There's, there's a um, couple of other movies coming out.
0: Dracula on a boat. I don't know what the actual name of it's called. But- yeah, that was
2: was it the black and white Voyage of the Demeter or something? Yeah, no, yeah, yeah. Oh,
0: it's such a weird. Is thing. that what it's called? I I just call it Dracula on a boat. <laughs> <laughs> Dracula
3: on a boat. <laughs> yeah, it's essentially that. It's just so yeah. weird. Why would they? Yeah, I don't
0: know. But all of those have been, yeah. They're all pushed. swallowed. Yeah, yeah. yeah.
2: Uh, there is Blue Beetle that's still expected to come out later this month.
0: Which is probably a tank. I don't think anyone's going to. I think projection-wise it's even bad. Yeah. 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 Uh,
2: and it doesn't help that it's following from The Flash, which was not.
0: Uh, yeah, we're going to talk about these two movies compared to Flash. Flash. That's yeah. My, yeah. my new rating system is, is it better or worse than The Flash? <laughs>
3: is that a new rating score? That's <laughs> it's just, that's, my, it's yeah. just my <laughs> oh, It's just my rating system.
0: <laughs>
3: <laughs> that's hilarious.
2: Yeah, so it's it's definitely a, a big box office success. These two movies. Um, we can jump into Oppenheimer first, and yeah, there's nice. there's actually a lot of parallels between Oppenheimer the, and Barbie. There there is just from a uh, studio perspective, because Christopher Nolan was always a Warner Brothers director. Yeah, uh, but uh, during the pandemic, uh, they decided to release. A lot of their movies direct to their streaming service HBO Max, right. and that resulted in Christopher Nolan um exiting from Warner Brothers, and then oh, was jo- left? Yeah, and then joining uh Universal. Uh, so he he was, yeah. th- this movie is actually uh the first Christopher Nolan movie that's not a Warner Brothers movie. It's a Universal Studios movie, but um, Barbie is a Warner Brothers movie.
3: So uh, so it's a war of the studios.
2: <laughs> yeah. So that that's interesting. So um, I mean, box office wise, we'll, we'll get into it when we talk about Boxing Barbie. But winning,
3: yeah. Warner but I but I also thought that like I think I think part of the reason, just coming back to the whole phenomenon, Barbenheimer. One of the, one of the most important reasons I think the reason why it's so popular is that these two movies could not be more different. Yeah. Right. Like one of them is a thought provoking kind of treaties on like world ending ideologies and how and it the used, and the other one's Oppenheimer <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
4: you got
3: you got,
0: you got there yeah. I was going there yeah, <laughs> yeah <you're> going. <laughs> but it's like you know
3: you see one with your mates and you see one like the girls go see one with the girls so it's like almost as if we were trying to pull people across from the other aisle to see the movie with us like yeah. Barbie kind of is like oh yeah bring your boyfriends and you know watch it because it's it was kind of marketed that way yeah Barbie Oppenheimer was obviously marketed towards the hardcore Nolan fans yeah, but everyone's kind of pulling each other to see the others, and the only reason why I feel like we went to see it was to see a what the hype was about, and b to be part of this weird phenomenon, which was like that's right, you know, yeah. like get a taste for both of it. And I don't think I, in both cases, I wasn't I wasn't uh, it was something that I wasn't expecting. Yeah, yeah. it was it was very very that's kind right. Of, yeah, and yeah.
2: They're both um I mean Christopher Nolan's movies are always quite deep, um so that was expected, but um Barbie was unexpectedly uh, had. A bit of depth as well um yep. so but yeah the point is if crystal nolan hadn't exited warner brothers they wouldn't have released at the same time that wouldn't have happened because warner brothers wouldn't have released two of their movies on the same day yeah so yeah. they, they almost yeah.
3: did it i think they did it purposefully to try and eat the other out yeah. but one thing we didn't expect is that all of the production crew the actors and people kind of actually bound together and said let's make this viral like you saw like um, Killian Murphy and Emily Blunt and I'm like saying we're gonna watch Barbie and then you're like oh, Michael Robbie are going like, we're all we're gonna, gonna watch, watch Oppenheimer. Oppenheimer. And so then then Tom like, Cruise saying he would watch both. Yeah, but <laughs> unfortunately they <laughs>
0: didn't did reciprocate that. Right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
3: He was like third, he, was <laughs> trying, he was trying to third wheel the whole movement, but no one
0: no one paid attention to it. <laughs> three movies is a bit too much. Three, three, in, three in one weekend's too much, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I don't know why. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Poor Tom Cruise.
3: <laughs> I'm gonna go watch Mission Impossible. I feel bad now. I'm just like I need to go watch it. <laughs> it's pretty good. He made it for me. Yeah. Like, is he made it like? So, yeah, people like us. Yeah. Just like oh, Tom Cruise
0: yeah. loves cinema, so he probably still like. He probably he's still probably kicking about. He probably still oh. loves. He, he's watched them both or whatever. Yeah,
4: yeah. yeah. yeah.
2: Uh, he was one of the first to watch Tenet as well when uh, like during the pandemic. He went and watched. Um- he uh, oh, he was yes. one of the
0: first to watch The Flash. Yes, and apparently he loved it. <laughs> 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 Well, okay,
2: Oppenheimer, let's talk about that first because that's the movie we watch first. Yeah, man. Um, bit of background, obviously Christopher Nolan uh, was the director, but he also wrote the screenplay. Usually um, for a lot of his previous movies, it was his brother that writes the screenplay, Jonathan Nolan, but this one was written by him. It's got a cast that's probably too big to sort of go through, but obviously Killian Murphy is the lead role. I think he'll definitely be... Um, Uh, in contention for Best Actor based off this performance. Um, Amazing. And uh, I think Christopher Nolan will, for the very, I mean, he's been, um, he hasn't been awarded an Academy Award, but he's definitely been nominated uh, for his previous movies. But I think this is probably his best shot out of all of his movies to actually uh, win an Academy Award. Um, Robert Downey Jr., after a long time. Returns to the screen. Mm. I think this is his first movie
3: since Endgame. It's right? First major. No, no, it isn't. There's a beautiful,
0: uh, there's an excellent movie in between. It's called Doolittle. Very, <laughs> very good performance. Was that after, Ex-
3: was that after Endgame? Yeah. yeah. Oh, no. no excellent way. performance. I keep forgetting that. Yeah. yeah.
0: He sure won an Oscar for that, but yeah. he's going to have to win it for this instead. <laughs> yeah. Both both performances are on par, but yeah. Yes.
2: Yeah. yeah. So I think um, he's definitely in contention for a best supporting role. Uh, so he you forget that he's actually um like
0: uh, an actor
2: an actor, yeah, because yeah. he's always become Tony Stark like he's been Tony Stark for the last fifteen years and he's done like other movies like Sherlock Holmes and stuff but yeah you forget that he is actually quite a good actor i I, I had he's to want watch- an Oscar though
3: I think he he, has, yeah, he, yeah. He, well like he's actually an incredible artistic actor like in the artsy films he's yeah. great i had to, I had to watch Tropic Thunder. Again, just to get my like Tony Stark thing out of my mind before I watched uh, <laughs> Oppenheimer, so I can bring him back to the base of like, all right, he did a really cool role. Now he's go back to doing something like ridiculous, and then my expectations are set. So I was like, I, I, he's he's an actor for me now. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah,
2: and it'll be interesting to see what he does going forward because he can pretty much.
0: He doesn't need to do it. He doesn't
2: need else. to yeah. really act, but obviously he did this out of out of the passion, and he wanted to work with with Christopher Nolan as well. Um, coming to that, I think there's a lot of big-name actors, Academy Award-winning actors in this movie that are essentially in cameos um, oh as well. So, so many. We could get into that maybe in, in spoilers, but, yeah, there's a there's a very big cast. Everyone does a really good job, as they always do in Nolan movies. Um, and music. So music is by Ludwig Goronson, who has been featuring in um, in Christopher Nolan movies since Tenet, so since his last one. Um so his collaboration with Hans Zimmer seems to have ended for now. I think now.
0: it's cuz Hans is doing Dune Dune. Yes, he's been yeah. busy
2: with Dune <clears throat> part 2. Yeah, well for Tanner, he was busy with Dune one, 1 and then yeah, yeah with this is busy with part 2.
3: But it's almost as if like, coming out of the theaters it's almost as if Hans Zimmer was like you got this and Ludwig responded by saying yeah I've got this. <laughs> yeah cuz the result is is otherworldly. It's it's I've never seen something that is like I was expecting Hans Zimmer and what I got was something potentially better, which doesn't happen. Because, you know, Ludwig gorison's soundtrack for like Mandalorian or Tenet, yeah, you kind different. of expect a certain yeah. level of like, oh, that's really electronic. <laughs> that yes, yeah. In this it's one, not it, was, like it was not, yeah. like not as much. Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
2: yeah. Um, Nothing more to mention. Uh, cinematography, I'll mention that because that, that was also quite spectacular. heute uh, Van Hoytema, who's been collaborating with Nolan since Interstellar. Wow. Saint so Stella. since then, he's been the cinematographer for all of these movies. Box office, so let's get to that. So it currently it sits at $585 million worldwide. Nice. Uh, which is um, definitely for this kind of movie, um, if you take the Nolan aspect out of this, so if Christopher Nolan wasn't the director, um, there's definitely Nolan elements to this story, but I think it's also the most non-Nolan Nolan movie. Uh, it's it's much more of a drama. There's definitely there's no scope for action. It's not that kind of movie. Yeah. So it's it's more of a drama. It's definitely um centred around the, the main character. Uh, it's almost from like a – I was thinking about this because all the scenes either have Oppenheimer in them mm. or are about Oppenheimer. Yeah. So someone else talking about him. The whole movie revolves around him. So there's no scenes where – there's no mention of him or he's not in the scene itself.
3: In, in other words, this magnificently fails the Bechdel test. <laughs> yes. Because <laughs> yeah. everyone's always talking about Oppenheimer and Subseed. The film is about him. It's it's yeah. based off of a, you know, a book, a, a, a biography. So this film is a biopic. Yes. It, in, in, in its nature, like you said, yeah, it did feel very un-Nolan-esque. Yeah. But in the same way, that's what fascinated me about this movie. It's like Nolan's doing a movie about a historical figure yeah. that is really interesting. Like you can't really pull in too many fiction lines from that. You have to draw from facts and history. And this was a really like tumultuous chapter of history that he chose to take, like one slice of essentially humanity-defining moment. Yeah. So that's, I think, what drew, drew people in. Like, oh, he's doing that. It's like it's like George Lucas suddenly deciding to do like, I don't know, Mandela or something, you know, like crazy <laughs> It would have been like, wow, what's this going to turn out like? So yeah, yeah.
2: Well, I think it's the, I think the parallel is probably something like Steven Spielberg going from Jurassic Park to Schindler's List, something like that. Yeah, which was in the same year. uh, Surprisingly, like that would never happen now. But um, I guess Nolan has done sort of big blockbuster movies, and then he's gone and done this movie, which is much more. It's. It's still released in blockbuster more, season, but it's, it's more not,
0: artistic. I would yeah. say it's more yeah. it's more what you would expect to come out in November.
2: Yeah, or well, like yeah. Oscar yeah. season, like yeah, yeah In, yeah. in yeah. that yeah. Oscar type season. Yeah. yeah,
0: um,
2: but yeah, he always has. He, or, interestingly, he always releases movies on essentially the same date. It's this late July release. Right.
0: It might so, be a problem for when the Oscars come around because people might forget, forget. about it. Yeah,
2: which um used to be the case, but everything read all at once kind of proved that wrong because that release like. Way before the Oscars. And oh, yeah, still you're right.
3: almost at the beginning of the year, yeah, like of the cycle. Yeah, 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 yeah. So
2: I think people will still definitely remember this when Oscar time comes around. But the the point I was making about the box office was, um, this is a quite a large amount of money for the kind of movie it is. Uh, usually, this this kind of drama Oscar type movies
0: don't make this much money. So yeah,
3: yeah, yeah, yeah. or don't cost much to make. That's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah.
0: I mean, yeah. It also costs a lot. For what? It, well, yeah. well, yeah,
3: it's a yeah. hundred million
2: dollar budget, uh, mm. which is for the kind of movie it is. It is it is a big budget. Yep.
0: Um, I think a lot of it's for cast itself, probably. Right. Yeah. yeah, probably yeah.
3: cast. I don't think they spend that much for the like all the. Or this film is not a CG reliant no. film,
2: and I think also there's there is no CG shots in the whole film. Oh, so people
0: say that there isn't any CG shots, but there is visual effects. Yeah. <laughs> so yes. Yes. There's, there's, everything's real, but it's topped off with visual effects. Visual effects, yeah. 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 Which
3: is very interesting because there were some shots that I thought.
0: Because some people, when you say there's no CG, it's like, oh, so all of that actually happened. It's like, no. Oh, yeah. Like, so it's visual effects. Visual but- effects is not yeah.
3: necessarily computer generated imagery. You can have some things that embellish real life. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah,
2: yeah, 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 yeah.
0: Yeah, yeah. So but- there wouldn't
2: be any shots where there's humans and.
0: A, a completely computer generated. Yeah. Object. Yeah. 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 yeah.
3: yeah. 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 I think the, the the best example that I was shown was like, well, in, in Lord of the Rings, Gollum is technically a computer generated image. Yeah. Yes. Whereas when they shot images like of actual architecture, like like the castle, like Minas Tirith, yeah. they used a, a really yeah. yeah. used a miniature. That's yeah. They'd actually use a miniature and add physical objects, it. but they added like the clouds light
0: rays, which is or they'd like add. Like stuff at the back and yeah, yep, make yep. it bigger. But or the, it, yeah, when they have the army and then they just add more army at the back, like they right, have the right. yeah, so it's, it's actually yeah.
3: based off of something real, but they've multiplied it or something, yeah yeah yeah, 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 which is, um, it, look, I, I think that was a good decision because this isn't a film that they've waited to make because the technology hadn't appeared, yeah, it's more so that they waited to make because they wanted to make it as authentic as possible and no one could detonate a bomb in real life up until now which is like yeah. what they wanted to do to recreate that that uh, that explosion in yeah. real life
2: and in terms of technology um this was all shot in imax on imax film but um apparently they did have to invent black film black imax film for this movie right because uh, there are some shots where it's it was on black film.
0: It was on black film. Okay. To, to if that's the uh, ever shot going to be used again. <laughs>
2: Probably not. I think it's a it's a, Nolan it's a special. One off thing. Yeah, yeah.
3: yeah. Um, and I, I feel like it was done just for that one shot. Yeah. To get the absolute darkest contrast next to what was the image of the of the actual money shot of the film, because if you did it with regular film, what happens is you have the ambient light of the projector is your black, whereas you use black film, you actually darken that. It's like taking your gamma value and and like changing it on your TV. You make it darker. Yeah, yeah. So we're basically talking about our thoughts on it.
2: Um, I guess we can jump into our positives. We've kind of been expressing it already, but we'll start with Baska. What, what were your, what's your biggest <laughs> positive in this movie? Like, if you were telling someone to watch it, what what would be sort of the Um if You thing?
3: are. If at any stage in your life you studied physics. Yeah, or quantum mechanics, or if you're a student, or you, you you're fascinated by it. This is a movie that you have to watch because the physics part of it they don't surprisingly they don't actually delve into too much physics. It's just mentioned right. here or there. Little morsels are dropped, but like and the history of it is, can, is yeah
2: yeah. I mean, considering Nolan's um, like Tenet and his other movies, I thought he would go more technical, like actually go into the science a bit more. Yeah, but he did. It goes into it, but not. Not as much. It's, it's definitely much more around the character of Oppenheimer rather than yeah. the science.
3: Like they established that he he had a brilliant mind, right? And then he used that to take an idea and get a team together and all that. But part of that whole conversation about the visual effects not being too computer-reliant, a lot of the effects were analog. They had like a studio that developed all these analog effects of how do you visualize particles, how do you visualize the quantum world, like electron um eigenstates and, like, you know, the the wave boundaries of between particles and and light. They showed that really well in some of the sequences in the film and, like, the implosion stuff. And I just felt like in the mind – how do you get into the mind of someone who is that brilliant? This was a really good film at trying to show what was going on in someone's mind. Mm. And outside of that, the whole film as a a complete beginning to end experience, if – you expected a film to aggrandize the development of nuclear warheads. It'll surprise you because that's actually—it's very self-aware. This film, it knows what it—the audience thinks it's about, but it kind of pulls back on that, glorifying this action too much because we all know what happens as a result of the history of this this event, mm. and and what happened in in Japan, what happened afterwards, and with the whole nuclear arms race thereafter. So, it's very self-aware. It's a film that kind of really is thought-provoking because at many times it kind of it, it. tempts you to celebrate an achievement of the team. And at the same time, it kind of asks you to think, well, what's the consequence of this? Which culminates to the very end scene, which is like a masterful writing concept that leaves the audience in a state of dread, which a film should never do because you should be, what's the general rule of filmmaking? You leave the audience with a sense of enlightenment or you know closure or a you know, nice happily ever after feeling you don't get that with this. Mm. <laughs> Even though you get some moments of like vindication, some moments of like, all oh, right, that that work, that balanced out, it, it leaves you with a sense of dread and that was done purposefully from the film to the soundtrack to the concepts from the very beginning. And watching it second second time through is actually much more enjoyable. Now that you know what to expect. If you go watch it again now, you'll actually pick up on a lot of the different details yeah. of the of the story. Um and you're speaking about the science part of it. I actually made a little bingo of like uh, oh, spot, yes. spot the physicist because you actually do see a lot of physicists in the film, like yeah. historical physicists. So like Niels yeah. Bohr, yes. Werner Heisenberg, Enrico Fermi, Richard Feynman. One of my like all time favorite it's like um, the orators.
0: Avengers of physicists. <laughs> <It> actually, <laughs> yeah. is the
3: Avengers of physicists. Yeah. Like Albert Einstein got a cheer in some theaters, and like yeah. so it's really cool seeing all these different like people that you may have heard about Heisenberg, know, Heisenberg, yeah. and then um, yeah, that was cool. Just seeing how they were represented. And I don't know, do you, do you guys remember in The Prestige when- um, Oh, yeah, David Bowie's character. David Bowie did uh, Nikola Tesla, nice and it was nice this nice kind of thing. mythically magic moment when- uh, um,
0: That's a bit more fantastical than it this. Was, it yeah. was
3: much more fantastical, but they had this kind of mythical moment where he was in front of Tesla. Tesla had this like weird knowledge that just tapped into nature somehow, and he kind of was like telling, walk away, don't do this. Just take your money and go somewhere else because you have to consider the cost. I felt like this was the- Analog moment for like Oppenheimer and Einstein. Einstein's Mm -hmm. telling him like, you know, you be. I know what you want to do, and if you're going to keep doing this, just be careful because you're going to be persecuted. Like, essentially, that's the message that came across. And only Einstein understood at the very end like what the ramifications of this technology was. Even though he was the one who wrote the letter to the president saying Germans are going to make a bomb, we should do it first. That was actually Einstein and 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 another scientist who actually warned the president. So, yeah, historically, there's hours and hours of material you could actually talk about in terms of the history and how accurately it's followed. Uh, there's a lot of stuff that I wasn't aware about, actually. I hope the whole trial that happened afterwards. Yes, yeah. Um, and it does
2: center around, well, the whole story centers around that trial. And as uh, most Christmas Nolan movies are, it is a non linear story in terms of it. it goes back and forth between separate timelines.
3: Yeah. Um, it, it's very dialogue heavy. It which is. was one thing I wasn't expecting, and I think that that was the shock everyone kind of felt. You have to pay attention. There's a lot of dialogue. There's a lot of prose. There's a lot of exchange back and forth. There's a lot of like so controversially saucy moments that I wasn't expecting, <laughs> like for a opera biopic. And I think I was uh, and for a Nolan movie. It's, yeah, for for uh, yeah. I think it was the first time for a Nolan movie. There's, there's yeah. nudity in a sex scene in a Nolan movie, so yeah. it's like all right, well, here here this is why it's R. You know, it's it wasn't. R. I thought it was going to be R for like it's going to show the horrific effects of yeah. nuclear warheads and i was like they did show that but that's not why it's art so uh yeah that's probably my positives
2: maybe you can go with your positives
0: uh yeah i don't know basker's pretty much covered a lot of them there yeah. um look the, i think the main thing is the performances really that's probably what you come out of this um mostly remembering, remembering yeah remembering i'm not a huge fan of like war movies in general like i don't like most of them well most of them are done quite well, but I don't really go back to watch them or anything like that. Um, like Schindler's List or like did to- 17 or something like that. If yeah, you know, or it's hard to to watch. yeah, they're they're all quite good, but um, difficult to watch. I would put the this movie in that kind of category yeah. in terms of what it is. Yeah,
2: I and mean, it's not a war. as in there's no war sequences, but it's it's talking about the the war.
0: Mm. Yeah, well, it's set during well before the time of war and then after. Uh, well, yeah. just at the just at the end of it, essentially, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yep. yeah, yeah, um, but overall, what you come out of it is the performances. Yeah, Killian Murphy, Emily Blunt, Robert Downey Jr. They're probably the standouts for me. Yeah, um,
2: Matt Damon was pretty good as well. Yeah,
0: yeah, I think Matt Damon was. I don't, I don't think anyone's bad in this movie. Yeah, but like everyone is really good. But Killian Murphy especially is like amazing. But yeah, yes, yeah, yeah. yeah.
3: Definitely Oscar-worthy.
0: Yeah. And you talked about the music. The music's good. Um, Cinematography's all great. Um, Yeah. There's there's not much to dislike about it. Like, even a person that doesn't like war movies will come out of it saying they they think it's pretty good. Yeah.
2: Yeah. I think I I agree with all the positives. Um, I think... I mean, I can I can talk about one of the sort of negatives, and it's a negative that's, that uh, that has come up with a lot of Christmas all movies, and that's just the sound mixing. It's not as bad no, as it's, this. It's, it's better not than as tenured. bad. Yeah, yeah. So it's definitely not as bad as Tenant, but definitely like towards the start of the movie, I was like, oh no, here we go again, because I couldn't hear some of the some of the stuff they were saying, and obviously there's a lot of scientific terms that are thrown around, and you, you really need to like concentrate to. Go with you know, understand what's going on because it is a dialogue heavy movie. Um
0: I would say it's like at least fifty percent better than Tenet though. Like the sound mixed thing, Yeah, different. it's definitely much better in terms yeah, of yeah. because Tenet was nearly inaudible, I reckon. It was like in some parts, yeah, it, yeah, It was yeah.
3: almost it was almost intentionally done because Christopher Nolan was like, You're not meant to understand the film, you're meant to feel it. And it's like, I, I get what but he's trying to go we, for, but, we, yeah. but in order to feel it, we need to first understand it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so it's like, it's like that. It's like Oppenheimer's line in his movie. It's like, uh, they won't understand it unless they've used it. <laughs> it's yes, like, yeah. in this one, yeah. We, we I you think have to. hear That's been
0: dialogue. like a problem for Nolan since Interstellar. That's just like wrapped Progressively up, got worse, Progressively yeah. got worse. And then yeah. Tenet was like the peak. And now it's coming back down. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Um, so that's, that's probably the only. Major sort of thing that I had. I think it is like it's not for everyone. I think that people, it is a long movie, it's three hours long. Uh, and you have to go in with certain expectations. So don't go in expecting like uh, Prestige or an Inception or yeah. any of those movies. But I'm it's,
0: surprised uh, yeah. that a lot of people that I probably wouldn't expect to have liked this did like it and yeah. thought it was good. Mm. Um, yeah. 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 So I, it's.
3: I think uh, a lot of people who didn't like Inception. Seem to like this because they found that it was more grounded. Yeah, it was more obviously based on real like life events, so it's yes. less fantastical.
0: I that, think it's yeah. really like a dad movie, but like a like a white dad movie. Not to be racist. Oh, yeah, but yeah <laughs> no,
3: no, no, no. I, I see yeah, what you mean because it, yeah. well, a it's based in the good old forties where you know it, you know men were men, and women were women. So it's yeah. Like, so it's like the established roles. Everyone knew what they were doing. Military function. Manhattan Project. It's like it's like the most like, dude kind of film there is. However, there is an also a kind of nuance, and element where it's like, I, I think the danger and the horrors of science and the progression of weaponry and how it can get to a point where you're like, once you start to tinker with these magical forces of nature, you get to a point where it becomes almost world-ending. And that that's the that's the danger which they were, they were treading. And that kind of brought everyone back to feel like, well, this is like an existential film, yeah. almost. To the point where... Yeah, we we know where it's set, but the the dangers of what they were trying to do is kind of revealed in this film. And look, to be honest, they they made it feel authentic. They actually, I think they actually built that whole Los Alamos yeah place. They they built it for the for the production of the film. They recreated the explosion, which is I don't know how they did it. Um, obviously they didn't use nuclear grade mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> materials, but they recreated the explosion somehow. Um. And all all the scenes that were shot in the beginning of the film, by the way, in Europe, were actually done in like Cambridge, Oxford, like the the, the Dutch universities. So that's really the actual location. Pretty, it's pretty cool yeah. that they use the actual locations. Yeah, mm. yeah, they use Robert Oppenheimer's actual home in one one of the scenes. Oh, okay. Nolan's yeah, yeah.
0: good at making things look real. Nothing looks like it's um, shot in a cover. Yeah, and or that's or why his yeah. his
2: movies tend to age pretty well because they they, yeah. they use mostly practical effects. So even um. Like Batman Begins, which came out in 2005, still looks better than a lot of the superhero movies that are coming out this year.
0: Yeah, I feel like lots of movies have just over-reliant on CG at this point, where they use it not to embellish, but to just create everything. So yeah, yeah. yeah. They're they're trying to
3: recreate the comic book panel in film, which is maybe not what Nolan was going for. He was trying to create the original story that inspired the comic book afterwards, like as if this was some sort of real event that happened, which... Yeah, we need to bring back.
2: Again. Yeah, yeah. So um, I don't think there's too many spoilers
0: as such. We, I mean, it's oh, a it's well, a, yeah, yeah. If <laughs> you're born after 1945, <laughs> yeah. you probably know the spoiler. Yeah. <laughs> uh,
3: spoiler alert. <laughs> Read your history books. <laughs> um, but
2: yeah, in terms of like the cameos, um, Gary Oldman is a is a cameo is as a oh yes uh, Truman uh, president, president Truman Truman. Yep. Yeah, he was really. Um, um, and these are the uh, Oscar, like the Academy Award winning actors that are doing cameos. So Rami Malek. Yep was another
3: very he small like shows role.
0: up throughout the movie and you're like, is this all they're yeah. going to use it for? And then he does like an exposition dump at the end. Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah.
3: David Hill, I think, is the, the eight Enrico Fermi.
0: Yeah.
2: Yeah. And then Kenneth Branner is, Kenneth- is there as- um,
3: Niels Bohr. Niels
2: Bohr. Um, so he seems to be a regular in Nolan movies now, yeah. having featured in Tenet as well. Uh, one person that wasn't in this movie was um, Michael Caine. Unless I missed him, but oh, I don't it think yeah. he was. No. Yeah. No, it's his
0: first movie where, oh, yeah. no, nah, he's done movies. Yeah. <laughs> <It's my laughs> first movie in a while. That he yeah. In done. a while, you're right. I yeah. think
2: he was in every movie since Begins, I'm pretty sure.
3: Yeah.
0: I
2: wow. think so. Yeah. Every Nolan movie. Because he was in Inception, he was in um, Interstellar, he was in. Um, he would have been
0: good in this one, actually. Yeah. Tenet. yeah.
2: Was he in Dunkirk?
0: Yes. Yeah, so maybe. Yeah. But possibly not, maybe. Maybe he keeps him out of the war movies. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I
3: don't remember him in Dunkirk. Was Michael
0: yeah. Caine alive during the war? He possibly would have been.
3: I, I, I think, think so. He would have been. He's in Poss- his
2: eighties, right? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Maybe it's. Too he would have been really young. Maybe really it's yeah. too
0: close to home, so he just keeps him out of it. Potentially, yeah,
2: yeah. 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 Um, but Killian Murphy. So he's featured in a lot of normal movies in the past. Oh yeah, but never he's as been. a as a lead. I think actor. it's his sixth. He was in Begins. He was in The Dark Knight. It was in it was he was in Inception. He was in Inception. Was in uh, rises as well. Was in rises. Yeah, he's the oh, judge. yeah, he yeah. was. Yeah, he oh, was yeah. in rises. Nice. Yep, yep.
3: Yeah,
2: uh, he was Inception in um,
0: and, uh, Dunkirk. Dunkirk. Yeah, yes.
2: was
3: so is in six, Tenet. Yeah. I think he was in Tenet. He no, it's not no, in no. Tenet. Yeah, yeah.
2: But he's in most of his movies. Yeah, so, yeah. He finally got the opportunity to um, be a lead in his movies. And story. he's
0: done well. He's he's killed it. Yeah. Killed it. Absolutely yeah. amazing. Yeah. yeah. That's the main takeaway. Go watch it for Killian Murphy. I think, I think so. Yeah. yeah, yeah.
3: Like there's, there's one. Like we still spoiler free. No, we can jump in spoilers. I yeah. But there's that yeah. like one scene where he, like, after the bombs have been dropped and he's addressing Los Angeles, yeah, like very all the young good people. Scene. There's yeah. like an anxiety-inducing scene where he's, he's trying to celebrate, but he knows what just happened, and that scene is like, it's, it's like, the like most, a horror kind of. Oh, yeah. It's so unsettling. It's the most accurate depiction of like an anxiety attack that I've seen yeah. in film. So and then up. there's the imagery
2: of, um, you know, what the bomb would have done to the to one lady.
0: Right, uh, yeah. right and, like, yeah. And then it's got like a charred body on the ground as well. Yeah. 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 It's like the closest. I would be intrigued to see Nolan do a horror movie and see how that looks like. That would be interesting. Yeah.
2: Yeah, I'd like to see him explore other genres.
0: He is very sci-fi heavy. He yeah. Should, well, yeah. this is not that sci-fi heavy, but yeah. he is, yeah. He should try other stuff. They're talking about James Bond for it, which I think would be great. But I think Tenet was kind of his James Bond, yeah. Which is, oh, I don't, I don't uh, like Tenet. Even his
2: other, like Inception, had elements of a, a Bond as well, like, in terms of you know the heist and stuff. But yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I don't know if Bond will. He needs like full creative freedom with anything,
0: yeah. yeah. Which is but why he did Batman.
2: Yeah, and I think he had mostly. Creative freedom with that. Like with Begins, I think they're just like, because do Batman, whatever you want. Baron yeah. Robin was the, the previous Batman
3: movie. So it's just I feel like, like Bond yeah. might be a bit too shallow for him because in yeah. every movie he does, I think the, the essence of it is that there is something elemental, something like stripping between nature and like the destruction or the destructive power of what's underneath nature in every film, right? So, like in Batman, it was this kind of sense of uh, greater than yourself power. In Inception and in Tenet, everything is about like you know the inversion time. or time or yeah. entropy re- inversion. In this, it's about the boundary between the strong force of quantum mechanics. How do you unleash that? Yeah. And that wasn't known until that that moment in time. So I was like, he's got to find something. I think he needs that that crack between everyday stuff and something otherworldly or that's right or like ethereal to, yeah. to talk about. Which and even these of-
2: like movies before Batman, so um, uh, well, he's- Memento, Memento his, his yep. first theatrical film and um Insomnia. Even those were not they're not straightforward movies. Yeah. They're, they're, you could st- make
0: a non straightforward Pond movie though. I don't know yeah. if they yeah. I don't know how tightly they hold on to that um that property in Yeah, yeah. I, I think
2: yeah. that I, I'm guessing he's not gonna get as much freedom with that. Unless they just you know, they just let him do it, but Hmm. I would actually yeah like you said a horror movie that would be very interesting from Nolan because yeah. there'd definitely be like a that would be you can, can combine sci-fi and, and horror so you can definitely do something there yeah um, or I even mean,
3: and and that's like the definition of things that crossover into the otherworldly you could definitely that's touch right. that. yeah like but, it, but it would have to be something that's like maybe even like he would have to try a thriller first before doing full horror.
0: Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah.
3: So, something. I, I'd love to see it because I've seen like-
0: Just that one scene in this, it seemed like he could do something pretty cool even with it. Even in
3: Prestige, like when when uh, Hugh Grant- um, Hugh Grant, what am I thinking of? Um, Hugh Jackman. Hugh Jackman's yeah. moment where he where he reveals that, you know, he's been killing versions of himself. Yeah, yeah. yeah. and you see like, the- yeah. Like, that was a very horror scene, if you think about it, like the the vials of dead Hugh Jackman's yeah. like just lining- the And
2: even the scene where he's- Is it his wife that drowns to death during a- that's oh in, yeah, 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 yeah. That's in that movie. <clears throat>
3: No 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 in, in, in prestige. In, uh,
2: oh. in prestige where they're doing a trick and then she Oh can't yeah, escape. she's yeah, yeah, she's in the thing. Yeah. She's yeah in the thing. Thing. Yep,
0: yep, yeah. Yeah.
3: yeah, that, yeah. Like that's he, he could do it. He could definitely pull it off. Um but but I feel like the direction he, he hinted at something at the end of Oppenheimer where like when they name dropped JFK.
0: Oh yeah, because, And I had a visceral reaction to tenant they name drop Oppenheimer. Yeah, because
3: yeah. in in ten, yeah, in every film they kind of slightly hint at stuff. And also there's a nice reference to black holes in Oppenheimer that like, looks back at like uh, so Oppenheimer actually did a lot of work developing theory of black holes before he did yeah, this stuff. Uh, yeah. But I felt it was like a reference to Interstellar because he's like referencing work. But when they name dropped JFK, it just felt like that wasn't a subtle name drop. It felt like he's gonna Touch on this again sometime in the future. Yeah, I
0: feel like I, I want him to go away from Biomics. a realistic story. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and do something fantastical again. Yeah, and because I did like it. this movie, but also I want him to see, see him doing something crazy. Yeah, yeah. yeah
3: like a t- yeah. like a proper Nolan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Mind trip. Yeah, no, yeah, you're right.
0: You're right. So also, if you if you find Nolan movies too hard to understand, this is not one of those ones. It's yeah, generally it's, pretty easy to understand. You can understand yeah. it. Yeah. Like
2: there, there, there's no like crazy twists or anything, it's just, it is what it is. Yeah, just yeah. maybe
3: don't bring your parents, you know, for the first watching. <laughs> well, I think parents get, like,
2: just watch it separately. I think the parents watch it separately and the kids watch yeah, it Yeah, watch it separately. Yeah, uh, yeah. If,
3: if you happen to be in India, you can go watch it with your siblings because they've cut out a lot of stuff and it's actually uh, PG there. So it's like oh, okay. they've edited it yeah. to the point where there. So yeah. It
0: does have CG shots in, in India. <laughs> yeah, yeah, CG they, they, they they shots. They use like use some CG. CG to cover up, yeah. yeah. yeah.
3: <laughs> Fair enough. Oh, yeah, that's that's going to pop. Yeah, that was interesting. So um,
2: I thought we'd quickly rank our top three Nolan movies. I've thought about it, so I can go first. Ooh, good work. Uh, so third for me is Batman Begins. I know a lot of people don't put this in their top five even, but I think this is just the definitive superhero origin movie. Since then, like- What about The Flash? <laughs> close second, close yeah, okay. second. Okay, yeah. Was yeah. that directed by Nolan? <laughs> <laughs> Close second, um, but, yeah, I think it's um, still probably the best superhero origin movie. Um, everyone's trying to sort of replicate its success since then. So that's my third. Second is um, is Inception. So um, Inception, I think that's the quintessential Nolan. When you think of Nolan, it's probably Inception or Interstellar. Uh, for me, yeah, In- Inception was still a great movie, um, and every time I watch it, I still... There's a lot of depth, like philosophical depth to that movie that I always find some new things about every time I watch it. And um, number one will still have to be The Dark Knight.
0: Um, I thought you were going to say Tenet. No. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Although
2: I was thinking about it. Would I, I don't watch... hate
0: Tenet as much as I, everyone yeah. thinks I hate Tenet, but I don't like Tenet, but I don't hate it as much. As, I was thinking yeah.
2: about it. I was like, would I watch Oppenheimer again or would I
3: watch Tenet again?
0: I would watch 10 again yeah. because I, I still don't know if I can understand it. I, I want to know if I can. Yeah. I probably can't. I know, I know
3: there was yeah. a point where you and you and Bougie like thought you understood it and then I came in and go, no, that, that can't be right because so, yeah, if you and invert entropy, it. that's not right. So, I actually it made you misunderstand the film yeah. <laughs> after like you thought you understood it. So, yeah. like you can actually break your understanding with that film. It's
2: yeah. crazy. Well, if you want to um, get even more confused about 10, <laughs> listen to our review where Kiridi featured. And- Kiridi.
0: Biscuits. Claims he still understands basically. Well.
2: Kury and Tyrone just argued for an hour and a half. I think I, I, was, I, I did hear about that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah,
3: yeah, and you didn't help me. I, like, did not help my understanding at all.
0: Yeah, but uh, yeah, I think I would watch *Tannen* over *Oppenheimer*. But yeah. *Oppenheimer* is still very good.
3: I think they both are
2: like, they're tiring movies in the sense you'd really got to concentrate. Most Nolan movies you have to concentrate, but those two I felt like I actually felt physically tired. Even yeah. after this one, I was like, I just need to like take a rest i need to sleep and like <laughs>
4: just, yeah just, yeah yeah
2: um but yeah that, that's my top three i think dark Knight is still his best movie for me I, I still really enjoyed it and it's it's like it's a superhero movie it is but it's not really there's it explores much it's an
3: anti-hero movie for me yeah. but it's still th- i remember we, w- we watched it for your birthday we went to knox right yeah. Yeah. that was that's probably one of my best cinematic experiences that i've been to yeah. Yeah. Just off the top of my head. That was like wow, I was not expecting that. Yeah. yeah. Coming out of theaters. Two thousand and eight that movie came out. So two thousand and eight. It's
0: crazy, man. Same year as Iron Man One. Yeah.
3: yeah it's that's also right. a good movie,
0: but Dark yeah. Knight's very yeah. 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 Theron, about you, top three. I think it. I think Dark Knight is number one. I'm gonna go to reverse order. Reverse order, yes. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um Dark Knight Yeah, it, it it's it's just a good just a good movie. It's I, I think over time it's become – it's one of those movies that everyone just likes. So, when you say it's really good, it just feels very mundane. It's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. of course it is. Like, yeah. Yeah. But – Yeah. It's like – it's a very common take. Yeah. But it's still a very good movie. Yeah. Yeah. Um, The, the thing about The Dark Knight is it's like a grounded superhero movie. But it is still a superhero it's movie. Still
2: very comic book accurate. Yeah.
0: Mm. Yeah. But like nowadays when they do like a superhero movie and they're trying to make it grounded, such as The Joker, The Joker is not a superhero movie. It is just a crazy guy in yeah. It's I don't lo- I don't hate The Joker. It's mm. it's not a bad movie, but it's not a superhero movie.
4: Yeah.
2: And yeah. it's not um I mean, it's a it's a take on the Joker origin.
0: Yes. Yeah, it's, yeah. Yeah. It's and it's not comic book accurate at yeah. all. Yeah, yeah, from by any standard. But the Dark Knight does a grounded superhero movie whilst keeping the superhero like, yeah. aspects and aspects the, in it.
2: The best part of the Dark Knight is they never explain where this guy came from, where the joke he just appears and he just starts causing chaos,
3: which is the right way to do it.
0: Yeah. 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 It's it's weird that people make superhero movies. They used to do this back in the early two thousands as well. Make superhero movies for people that don't like superheroes. And like, oh, we gotta make this appeal to the wider audience so we can't put any superhero elements in it. Then why are you making a superhero movie? But yeah, the Dark Knight does it well with with, yeah. with both aspects. Yeah. Um I think Inception's also my second favorite. Uh, very good movie. Inception's close to being my first favorite as well.
2: Yeah, but, same same yeah, with yeah, me. Like yeah. it taking away the, um, you know, the Batman movies. Inception is definitely
0: mm. up there, but I yeah. think uh, for three, it's either the Prestige or Interstellar for me. Fair enough. Um yeah. But the ending of Interstellar is just a bit weird, so I'll probably go Prestige over that. Prestige is also yeah. very. The weird. ending of Interstellar just ruins it a little bit. Like it's it makes sense according to. All the physicists and everyone, but also it's just a little bit too fantastical. (laughs) Yeah, 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 it's got that creative element. Yeah, Yeah.
2: that's what, um, otherwise Interstellar would be in my top three as well. Uh, I think it's just that. And ever since Interstellar, actually, I've always had something that I wasn't quite comfortable with in all normal movies. I think it's
0: Dark Knight, since Dark Knight Rises. Yeah, Dark Knight Rises. Mm, Although,
2: when Dark Knight Rises came out, I really like that movie but i can see the flaws. there is
0: yeah. plenty of dark knight rises has the most plot holes out of any Nolan movie except maybe tenet but i don't understand the plot enough to know what the plot holes are yeah <laughs> but yeah dark knight rises has a lot of plot holes and, and yeah. there's
2: talk that he didn't want to do rises but they sort of made him do it because I, I think if he had the option he probably wouldn't have done it
4: yeah hmm
3: i agree yeah, in, in terms of my my top three, I'll go with like the reverse up. Um, My third one is definitely, I think Inception is going to be my third. Just purely out of the that, that whole zeitgeist of that film when it came out in 2011 and what it did. And it's still to this day the only film where I went to see it by myself with a group of other randoms in the theatre. And it basically it was half packed. It wasn't that popular back then. And by the time the f- film finished, literally everyone just started talking to each other. And I've never seen that in a film ever, right? Random people talking about like, what was he still dreaming? Is that did you see what happened there? Like how good was this? Like that's never that never happens, and I've only seen that happen once, and that was during Interstellar, and it, and like we watched it. Multi, uh, sorry, Inception, watched it a couple more times. Um, then I really wish they'd do a sequel to it to Inception. Yeah. With, an, with another character, and, another oh, thing they, that
0: Nolan doesn't do is sequels. sequels? He doesn't, yeah. other than his yeah. yeah. Batman, yeah. yeah, which yeah. is a
3: shame because yeah. that that world that he built was so amazing. Lots and, of people
0: um, thought Tenet yeah. was going to be set in the Inception universe.
3: Well, it, um, it, it could be, it could have, it, yeah, it could have no, actually. But they've got
0: common actors, yeah, but it's like yeah. the the, the yeah.
3: rules of the universe is just simply they opened up a new rule, yeah, like time inversion. So it's like like the the fact that he's playing around with this stuff that was the first really imaginative like world that he built from scratch and like it, it did wonders. Yeah. So yeah, it, cinematically it was great. Story was amazing.
2: And the beauty of Interstellar um in well Interstellar as well, but Inception yeah. is um it is complex, but you can understand it. Yeah. I think that's where Tenet fails is that it's, it's incredibly difficult to understand Tenet. Yeah. I but, think
0: I think they get progressively yeah. more difficult. Like Inception mm-hmm. and then Interstellar's a level above that, yep. yeah. and then tenant is a level above that as well. Yeah, yeah, yep,
3: yeah. 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 Um, my second one is Dark Knight. Without a doubt, that's we, like when I mean, I still remember when we went to see it. That was the age of where superhero films was just coming out, like Iron Man and and I think Hulk had come out in two thousand six, and it was the a, end of the old school superhero movies and the start of the new Marvel kind of universe. Mm. People were really kind of thirsting for these super like actual mutant level superhero films and then dark knight came out and i remember going to it coming out and feeling like this isn't a superhero film this is a hero film this is like a human being mm-hmm. with no mutations no superpowers he's just doing this out of out of sheer will and he's facing some other messed up human being who's doing it out of sheer will and they've ruined some like lives of many other people it just felt so devastating so like awesome to watch and i felt like this is what like dc films need to be they need to be dark, and they need to be gritty, they need to be real, and we've got to stop relying on all of these like, you know, aliens from outer space and mutants and, and you know, like x-ray vision and that kind of stuff. It, it's kind of like I wish that we went back to those principles now because we really need it now. The state of Marvel and, and DC as well, it's just like, yeah, it's just like super saturated. Yeah. Right? We've had enough of that. We going back to the that that time and era, it's gonna be really hard because that that movie is almost it's near flawless Dark Knight. Um, the only one that beats it for me, and this is a, like a purely experience level thing and that I've watched it m- multiple times. And my number one is Interstellar to this day, just because of my like love for space travel and the general concepts of like, ever since I was in high school, yeah, that's what I was pretty much thinking about. Like, oh shit, special relativity is a thing. It actually works. Yeah. And he went and did a film about it. And me and my, like my mate that we, we did physics together in high school, we literally have watched it every single time it's rerun in IMAX. We just go back and watch it again. <laughs> because it's like the soundtrack the story elements we kind of we we hope we got the whole thing like the ending was just purely imaginative because we don't know what's inside a black hole but we kind of just accepted the fact that all right we don't know they made some creative element so it's like if you accept that that's yeah. fine I you think know,
0: the first time you watch yeah. it it's a bit jarring yeah. but after you yeah. after you accept that yeah he's in the bookcase or whatever it's just like he's yeah, the yeah it's fine some, this yeah. is some construct
3: I'm just going to like I'm just going to accept this and follow Chris Nolan's advice I'm just going to feel it yeah <laughs> it's yeah. just like it's it still hits that emotional barrier yeah because they could have um they could have easily just killed off you know uh, Matthew McConaughey's character Cooper they could have killed him off and made it like a symbolic thing through time that you know Murph felt his presence yeah, it, it, was a, it was a very well done uh, movie from beginning to end. And I think it still leaves a lot to think about afterwards. Like, what is the right, – well, after watching that, what is the main message of that movie? Are we going to do anything about it as, as people? As a cinematic thing, it was the first one to kind of provoke and really kind of ask me the question, like saying, well, are we going to continue being the frontier chasing people that we used to always be? Or are we going to go back to the sedentary life? So it was a wonderful commentary at the time when it came out of like, do we just stick our head in the dirt or do we try and you know reach for new horizons? Yeah. So yeah, it, it, it was a really uh, that was that was fine for me. That was number one film. Yeah.
2: No, it's, it is a great film, um, yeah. especially for me. I like the science aspects of it, but I think the uh, the underlying story between him and his daughter is really what drives that film. Yeah. And I, I think yeah. that's what Nolan does well is is the characters. He does have a complex. Plot around these characters, but yeah. the the you know the the character relations and yeah. the way he portrays them, I think that's his real strength, and that's one of the uh, flaws of Tenet, I guess, is what we talked
0: about. Yeah, that. The, the characters don't have names in that movie. So yeah, yeah. Well, they have yeah. they have names they mentioned like once. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like well, the main character is moment. called the protagonist. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, it doesn't have a name, so yeah. Um, yeah. I was going to say my favorite part in Interstellar is when they're trying to get back onto the base, and then they're like. What are you doing to Matthew McConaughey? He's like darking.
3: Ducking, Yeah. That's then, my favorite that's part. That's a great <laughs> thing. The organs are playing.
2: Yeah. was. just is one of he has great soundtracks in all of them, but that's a great
0: I think he liked yeah. that soundtrack so much that he put it over the dialogue. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He's like, I don't give a shit about the dialogue. Listen to yeah. the soundtrack. <laughs>
3: <laughs> that is true. Yeah. There, there's just the one element in every single film where the concept of like romance and love slightly brings down the feeling. Like Interstellar is this really thought-provoking film. In the middle of it, it just starts talking about how love is this mystical force that connects people beyond space and time. And like this bullshit. Like right. why would you put that line in a really scientific film? That that same that was thread. um what surname says it right? Anne Hathaway and Hathaway. Hathaway. Hathaway says it. And I'm yeah, like yeah, yeah. you didn't need that. And even in Oppenheimer, I felt like very similar. This is a really technically scientific film. You don't need elements of like like romance and love and what what will you do if I need you? It's just like that doesn't belong in a film about this man. They put it in there to show that he made the connection of death with Jean's kind of affection. And when she died, he he forever connected that feeling with with her. But, uh, yeah, that, that's my one kind of downside of all of these films is somehow they need, I don't know why he feels a need to introduce this superfluous element, yeah, which doesn't really get touched on any other time. It's just that one moment and that's it.
2: It's pulled back. I think in Inception it does work really well with his um relationship with his wife. Yes, because it's eventual- it's a continuous thread. Yeah. 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 Um but yeah, I can see it in other movies where it, it feels a bit forced.
3: Yeah. Yeah. In in Dark Knight, it was almost like the Especially devastating effect of that. It. It's like yeah. she's she's saying I, I love Harvey Dent. And that truth was never given to Bruce. And that, that was a much more devastating form of it, but it was it was done realistically, you know. Yeah. 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 If you said, oh, I will always love you uh for who you are, you know, going on and that and that he received that, that would have been corny as hell. Yeah. That, that's what's keeping him going. Like, you know, no. I'm glad he chose not to do that. Uh one thing I will say about
2: Oppenheimer, we didn't mention this, but the um interrogation scenes, really well done with uh, Jason Clark, I believe, was the the main oh, yeah. sort of questioner in those Australia scenes. Zone. Australia's own, yeah. Uh but this scene with him and Emily Blunt was um, one of the best scenes in the movie. And that's where yeah. Emily Blunt really,
3: really shines in this role. That was really good. Yeah. When you said interrogation scene, I was still in Dark Knight for a second. So <laughs> I just like, I yeah. had to get myself out. Where is he? <laughs> where is he? <laughs> Anything
2: else on Oppenheimer?
3: Um, nah, it's pretty good. It's go pretty good. watch it. Go yeah. watch it. Yeah. yeah, amazing soundtrack. Um, Don't feel the need to go watch the 1570 presentation. The 4K presentation is just it's as good. good. And yeah. There's, yeah. Me- yeah, there's plenty I of think- seats available. Yeah,
0: yeah. I think I think you could probably – Watch. I think IMAX would be really good, but like you don't need to watch this in the no. the the film version or whatever. Yeah, yeah
2: I no. think you'll will have a, as long as it's got good sound.
0: Yeah, it's fine.
3: Actually, yeah. So the the sound is more important in this film than the visuals. To be honest, yeah. mm. I thought it was the visuals. It's the sound. So if you can watch it in an IMAX, go watch it for the sound. Don't worry about the visuals too much. But yeah, that's uh, mm. is a definite recommendation. You yeah. must go watch it. It's a cognitive recalibration from It's me. better than the Flash.
4: <laughs> All right. Yeah.
3: It's a, it's a neutron chain reaction. <laughs> cool. Okay. We'll jump
2: into Barbie in a second. Hiring for your small
1: business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's
0: like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role.
2: Absurdly comfortable essentials
3: for yourself and for those facing homelessness because one purchased equals one donated.
0: Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes.
3: Bombus, big comfort for everyone. Go to com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Yep.
2: All right, Bobby. Barbie. Bobby.
3: Barbie.
2: Um, our guest has been. Very committed to the cause, so he's he's come he's dressed. I didn't Ken bring off.
3: this. I didn't bring this to the screening, but I thought I'd bring it to the podcast. Yes, so we can, yeah. Uh, we can show the full
0: colors off. Yeah,
2: I was planning to wear pink as well, but I. Yeah, I forgot. I mean, I could go and change,
0: but it's too late for that now. It's too late. We're going to live. Let's do it live. let CGI <laughs> we'll <do> it live. <laughs> <laughs> it's, uh, <CGI'd> in later. <laughs> yes, CGI'd I'll yeah. do it in post. Do it in post. Yeah.
2: So we watch Barbie second in the Barbenheimer weekend. This movie is directed by Greta Gerwig, so uh, of Lady Bird and Little Woman fame. Well, those are our previous big movies. Yep. Um, so this is. Well, let's talk about the box office while while we before we get into the actual thoughts on the movie. So it's just done over a billion worldwide. Just ticked over that um, last weekend actually. Crazy. So we're we're recording this about three weeks after release. Um, so yeah, it's it's already hit the one billion. It's likely to cross the current highest-grossing movie of the year, which is Super Mario Brothers, at 1.3 billion. Wow. They're projecting it to get to about 1.5, and if it does get to 1.5, that will make it the highest-grossing movie directed by a female. Um, and that's it's already the highest-grossing movie solely directed by a female. Um, the highest-grossing movie that was co-directed. By a female is frozen too, so frozen two, nice, yeah, you know, one point four billion. Uh, but this is already a solo female director. This is the highest grossing movie, so it's um, it's already beating some records in that respect. Uh, as you would probably already know, Margot Robbie is um, is the female lead. Is Barbie? So the producer, uh, well, right? She's also a producer. Yep. Uh, her and her husband are also producers. Uh, she plays Steo. Stereotypical Barbie. So yeah, there's, yes. there's a lot of Barbies in this movie. Yeah. <laughs> a lot same. of Barbies, a lot
0: of Kens. It's like a, a multiverse. Ken's. One or Allen. Barbies. Yeah. Yes.
2: One, one Allen. One yes. Allen. <laughs> yeah. Is that he's just a character that they made up?
0: No, no. He's a real thing. It was an actual doll. He's an actual uh, it was doll. Called yeah. Alan and he's a uh, Ken's, Ken's best friend. friend. Ken's friend. Yeah. Ken's 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 friend. Friend. Or Ken's best friend. Something, Something like that. Something yeah. oh, Okay. Yeah.
2: So Ryan Gosling is is one of the Kens, Um, and there's a pretty big cast. So we're talking about cameos in Oppenheimer. This also has a lot of cameos. Cameos of yeah. a different um, level Effort. of prestige, but yeah, cameos nonetheless. Um, so we can we can talk about that once we get into into spoilers. How did we want to talk about? It? We can jump into positives and negatives about this this movie. Mm. Um, In, initial, initial impressions. First. Yeah, and if you were trying to sell this to someone who hadn't watched it, yes. Yeah. Well, look, I, I'll it. be honest. I yeah. wasn't
3: expecting much. I just saw the trailers. Like, if you love Barbie. This is the film for you. If you hate Barbie, this is the film for you. And I'm like, all right, they're self-aware. That's great. So I didn't expect much from this film, to be honest. I was just like, all right, we'll just go watch it and have a good time and see what it's about. But um, I was quite surprised. <laughs> it was, it was, it was, it was definitely a uh a deeper film than it seems to be on the surface. On the surface, yeah, definitely. But I'll be honest, like the the team behind it, it's it's got a very intelligent team behind it because the idea is. They've made a really kind of provoking, thought-provoking film, and they've pack- packaged it as a Barbie film. So if it ever receives criticism, it's just a Barbie it's, it's, it's almost like it's ridiculous. Like you're, grown, it's just Barbie. Yeah, yeah, it's just Barbie. Gr- yeah. There are grown men out there who are like criticizing Barbie because of this, and I'm just laughing. I'm, it. <laughs> yeah. Checkma- Checkmate. You've been checkmated. This is like the best way to deliver. Um, oh, like this
0: is. Do movie. you know Ben Shapiro? Yeah. Do you know who that guy is? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he made a 44 minute, um. Dissertation, Review, I guess. <laughs> rant about about this movie, yeah. about why it's not good. The movie so, goes yeah. for two hours, doesn't it? Yeah. So he, so he did like a one third. A f- one third of yeah, he did one third size of the movie. He went through a rant about about uh yeah, not liking it. It's ridiculous. Yeah.
3: It, I, I I and I think it's like it's a, look it's it's a I enjoyed the movie. I actually went I went into it and I found it enjoyable. If you can find this movie, if you can laugh at yourself and be like, if you're a guy and you can laugh at yourself watching this movie. And just know that you're watching a movie that's called Barbie and it's about Barbie. That's the point of the film. It's not called G.I. Joe. It's not called Power Rangers, you know. It's it's fine, you know. It's great. Go watch it. Don't take it too seriously. It's, it's just like, it's not a it's not an Nolan movie. It's not a commentary on the yeah, condition. Right. But it is a commentary on, uh, it's definitely a movie about, you know, feminism in a way. Greta Gerwig is an open feminist. But, yeah, look, it, it's just go watch the film. Then – Think of what you feel like and if, if if you feel like smashing something, something's wrong with you. <laughs>
0: yeah, maybe just look internally a little bit if you think that <laughs> look way. Look internally, yeah. lay, off, lay off
3: YouTube for a bit and just yeah. you know, <laughs>
2: take a chill. It is very self-aware, which I think plays to its uh, its advantage and uh, it's, it's actually very funny. Uh, it was probably the
3: funniest movie I've seen this year. It's
0: a funny. It's one of the funniest movies I've seen in a while. It's, yeah. yeah, it's good. Yeah,
3: the the humor is just like it's relevant. It's spot on. Yeah, even they poke fun at themselves. They poke fun at Bobby. They poke
0: fun at like, everything. Yeah. Like nothing's off limits. Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
3: Well, I mean, like within the sense of like, yeah, like they they're self deprecating, but at the same time, it's like being self aware. That's important because if you're not self aware, the audience is going to be like ten miles ahead of you. And you're just going to keep thinking like, oh, you know, we're in a moral position of superiority. No, they actually take it all out. They make fun of their own company. Like, they actually take the piss out of Mattel. Yeah. Which is hilarious. <laughs> like Colin Farrell. Yeah. Will, Will Farrell. Will Farrell. Will Farrell. He's actually really good in the role as the um, CEO yeah, he's, of, he's, of Mattel. Well, it's he's hilarious.
0: basically just playing himself. I think he's just... Yeah. On they just got Will Ferrell on set and just said do whatever you want. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, any other positives? I think it's just really funny. I think yeah. it's just a funny movie. Yeah,
3: yeah. Look, it, yeah. it's good. You you could definitely talk about this. I know Carvey was there when we talked about, it, and it was like she had certain thoughts and and kind of things to talk about in the depth, in in, in deep kind of fashion. Again, it's like we're three guys talking about a movie that was made for girls. Yeah. So, we we do well, have to I kind think of you would you'd relate to
0: it more as a, <laughs> as a as a as a female. As a, and a, I yeah. think from all the girls I've talked to that have watched it, they said that like lots of stuff in this movie they do relate to strongly.
3: Especially if you um, grew up playing that does button. resonate. But I, yeah.
0: I do hear from a lot of them that they wish they went a bit further with some of it, but yeah, so, I did. I did particularly feel that way, but like, just, well, I, I thought they bit, yeah.
2: there was one. Particular, this this is maybe one. This is the only negative from me. Mm. There was one scene where I thought it was a bit too heavy handed. I don't know if this is just and I, it's just not just me. A lot of people have expressed this, but I felt it was talking a bit too directly about these. And I know, like, a lot of women love that scene.
0: Um, I think, oh, you know, I know what you're talking the, about. Know yeah. The one, yeah, 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 yeah. I think. It's not relatable to us. Maybe. Which is- well, like I, the I also part, thought but it I was- think-
2: Maybe they could have done it a bit more elegantly. I, I thought it was a little bit too forceful in the way it was represented, but still- But I think yeah. everyone-
0: Yeah, I think yeah. that scene had to be in there. I think yeah. the all the people I've talked to that have seen that scene say it had to be in there.
3: It, it kind yeah. of felt like the movie was almost building up to that scene, but they couldn't just show that scene. Yeah. That's, that's what I got from different people, but I, I know exactly what you are talking about. And look, to be honest- Again, it comes back to that thing of saying, well, if they chose this as a delivery method to express all of these different kind of ideas and and different concepts that maybe are not usually expressed in film, because I'll be honest, like the history of filmmaking is a generally male-dominated kind of exercise where we talk about historical figures or heroes or something. So I think the reason why this is doing so well is it's it's pulling in a crowd of people who generally aren't avid filmgoers yeah. Or maybe just casuals or maybe just, you know, mums or people who don't really get out there or girls who don't find most movies nowadays appealing. They're really going out to see this film. It's it's pulling huge numbers. Hmm. And I think the reason why is because it's got a message that resonates with 50% of the population, which is huge. Yeah. If you could do that. They actually you know, did a, a
2: demographic study on the opening weekend of, of Barbenheimer. I think the um, audience for Oppenheimer was, I'm going to say, 65% male. Something around that. Are they sixty five percent just male, okay. and they're basically reverse for Barbie, right? Yeah. So it's obviously skewed to certain
3: skewed. That's yeah. really interesting. I would Champions. have thought the, the differences would be much higher, but uh, yeah. But yeah, no, that, that's interesting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like it, it's it's not a film that portrays guys in any competent light. That's one negative I had yeah. in that. Yeah, it, it, it just shows guys as being either default or pretty much useless. But <laughs> yeah. like even the guys in the real world where, you know, the, the main protagonist's husband and the girl's father. Yeah. It's just this random dude who's- And there
2: is commentary like, about- Like, they go into the real world, obviously, and there's commentary about how things are structured in the real world.
3: Yeah. Um, yeah. Almost to a hyperbolic level. Yeah,
2: it's, that's it's right. A yeah. Hyper, yeah. It's a yeah.
0: hyper, hyperbole level. Yeah. But yeah. I think- it was making a point. It was yeah. to make a point. I yeah. understand, but yeah, yeah
3: like it's. Yeah. But it, it's really interesting to see yeah. how some people took that literally, like saying, "Oh, you know, Psychetic not not term. all yeah. construction work builders are you know misogynist yeah. people." And it's just like I get it. This film is a fantastical film that everyone's wearing hot pink. <laughs> yeah, and even then, when they go to the real world, everyone's like super abusive to them. Like in Miami, like I haven't been to Miami. Yeah, well, well, it, was, it, was, was it Miami was it or was it LA. Was LA. LA. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I'm, I'm, <laughs> I don't know, I don't, I don't know if the streets of LA are that brutal, but it's like. Look, there are certain things that they have to bring into the real world, and you can't get that when you're watching it from a, uh, like, a like a film about a toy. Yeah. I, it, I don't it think has it's to meant to
0: be realistic at all. Like, it's, yeah, like it's a hyperbole of both situations are a hyperbole, and I think everyone in this movie is stupid as well. Like, yeah. on purpose, everyone in this movie is stupid. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Um, the only other negative I'd say is I think that there is a message in this movie but and we can talk about it more on spoilers and explain what I can explain what I mean but um they kind of at the end of it it kind of goes back to the status quo and I think they were trying to make a point
0: I think that is part of the message though
2: yeah I don't know if like yeah. maybe I don't know if that was the point I I think they were they were trying to say that it should be a different way and maybe the Barbie world could have reflected that but at the end of the movie it's back to like what it was before so i was like an well, interesting way to end the movie where yeah you're yeah. trying to push a sort of
0: message and which then i, I yeah. had something to say about is that, that like, is that like trying to highlight the real world though like people people want change and then essentially they get to a certain point and they're like oh we've done enough like this is this is enough change yeah, yeah. in that sense even though that it's were, not yeah. they're
3: trying to poke fun at the absurdity of the inequality of real life by doing a reverse in a potentially hypothetical world but they missed a lot of things in between like in making that point of satire they're actually missing a lot of stuff which is which is worrying because when when you make a joke you have to be aware of okay you're making fun of the inequality of the, the real life situation so you make a joke but when you portray like the group that you're trying to make fun of and you portray them as like incompetent that's not how it is in the real world. We don't look at the other group and think they're incompetent. That's not what's happening. So if that's their view of why it's happening, it's a very immature view of the real world, which is kind of what the status quo image, they're trying to portray something. It's worrying. It's like, is this what you really think of the real world? Because that's worrying if it is.
2: Yeah. 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 I, I guess we can get more into that. in. Uh, yeah. None this of this course. is going to make sense if you haven't seen the movie. So- <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> You're yeah. going to think
3: like, where did the dolls come
2: in? Are you talking um, about hats? Like- <laughs> and that's another thing. This is not made girls that play with barbies currently
3: oh it could be like yeah. it, it could be a first introduction to it but it's yeah. a lot of the shit's gonna fall yeah <laughs> exactly i don't think they'll enjoy it yeah. the way that you'd expect
2: them to yeah so yeah it's it's maybe the first half first yeah half. i think it, the maybe the elements of the barbie and this is also musical
3: yes by the way so that there's, yeah, there yeah. are songs in it it's, it's got like, good music
0: yeah well, it's mostly dual but it's good yeah yeah
3: yeah, yeah. It had some numbers like La La Land, like they you will know, just break out to
0: like oh and yeah, song. Ryan Gosling, like, Ryan does Gosling an amazing yeah. song in this, yeah. yeah,
3: yeah,
2: yeah. Um, I thought the performances were were good as well. So Margot Robbie's um obviously a very good actress, and she
0: she's probably like the most serious role in this, and she pulls it off. Yeah, yeah. Everyone else is kind of stupid and um yeah quirky, yeah. yeah, yeah. Ryan Gosling is hilarious. Yes, yeah. yeah. yeah.
3: He's, he, he's he's obviously the complementary. He's not got his own limelight in this. He's just complimenting the performance from Margot Robbie. Yes. So uh yeah.
0: Margot that. Robbie did very well to like carry oh, well. well, she carries <clears throat> the movie essentially. Yeah.
3: Yes. yes. Like there are moments where it's like lighthearted. There are moments where she's not being 100 percent serious. And there's moments where it's deathly serious. Yeah. Not deathly, but like to her existence. And she pulls off that really well. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that's hard. Another thing they
2: I thought they were going to explore, but they kind of got, you know, sidelined it for the patriarchy. Stuff, but um, <laughs> they did talk about the um sort of the element of capitalism associated with Barbie, right? The fact that um they mentioned in like one scene in particular where I thought they were going to explore that a bit more and talk about like how Barbie is kind of trying to promote feminism, but at the same time it's like this very consumerist, yeah, yeah, property. Yep. I thought they were going to follow that a little bit, but they kind of sidelined that. Yeah. yeah.
3: They didn't they, they're self-aware but not to a point of, of criticality yeah, yeah which is uh, yeah which is I think I'm Oppenheimer now <laughs> like, Yeah no that yeah. that that's interesting that's a really interesting point yeah yeah. but I really enjoyed the movie so um,
2: I, I had a lot of fun with it and out of the two surprisingly, even though I've probably got you know I find more flaws in this movie than Oppenheimer, I'd probably watch this more often than Oppenheimer. <laughs> Surprisingly, yeah, there yeah. is
0: great one-liners and like yeah. stuff that you would re-watch in this just just for a laugh, yeah. yeah
3: if 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 oh. I wanted to, if I was less a bit drunk and I wanted to be, have like a laugh, I'd watch i watch Barbie, yeah. I probably wouldn't pop in Oppenheimer if I was <laughs> yeah. just looking for a happy time. I like no. serious yeah. serious time with the boys, yeah. I'd, I'd put on Oppenheimer, but this is like one of those movies where it's like, yeah, hey, you're a bit buzzed. Let's just sit down and watch some you know hot pink. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
0: Yeah, Yeah. but you don't need to pay attention the whole time. Like, yeah, yeah, you can have it on in the background. It's yeah. I would say for for most, it's just going to be very funny. Like, yeah, yes, yes. And it's a Barbie movie. Like, come on, like, yeah, yeah. Always, always remember. Yeah, if
3: if if you get too put into it, just remember what's on the cover of this thing. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, if
0: you if you if you if it's making you hate anyone, this movie, pull back. It's a Barbie movie. And think about yourself for a little bit. Yeah. yeah.
2: All right, we well, can jump into spoilers quickly. Yes. Um so the point I was trying to make was at the end they so the Barbie's at, there's a point in the movie where the Kens take over the Barbie world, but yes. then at the end they they get it back. And then there there's like a joke at the end, which was um it was funny, but at the same time I'm like, it was that the point of this movie where I think the Kens are like, Oh, can we have a a seat in the government or Supreme something. Court, yeah. Yeah, and then they're like, oh, no, you can have one at the back bench. Yeah, two uh, is enough for now.
0: Yeah. yeah. I don't think it's – well, if you look at that scene, I don't think it's played that, oh, the Barbies are right here. It's like, oh, they the kids don't deserve a seat. It's just –
2: But like, I thought, bar- like, um, Margaret Robbie's Barbie, I thought yeah. she learnt – a
3: lesson through her experiences in the real world.
0: But she didn't make that decision. She wasn't the one that said that.
3: Yeah. It was the president. It was the president. Thing. But but yeah. that, that comes to that point where the whole reason why they kind of chat. But, so, Simulu's Ken. Yeah. And then the other Ken's like, oh, can we can we have like another Supreme Court justice because make it fair? You know, there's 50 50 representation. They're like, ah, uh, you know, two's enough. We'll see how we go. Like, that's how they see it, ap- it happening in the real world. Like, for some reason, we're not bringing more female justices up yeah. to the level. And I, I don't think it's for the reason they think it is. Like, I don't think we're not promoting more female justice just because they're women. I think it's because of the the representation of people of that caliber at that stage. Like how many women go into that level of judicial representation versus versus men? If it's more women, yeah, I guess it should be representational. Obviously, it should be 50/50. Yeah. But the, yeah, like it's just those I think they find it funny because it's like surrealism. It's like, well, you know, that's how they feel. They you're not represented in a in a in a group and you feel underrepresented." You're going to poke fun at the fact like saying, oh, we're not represented because of who we are.
0: You I know? think it's it's once again probably a hyperbole thing as well. <laughs> yeah. I wouldn't take it any of it too seriously. Yeah. 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 Like
3: there, there are some parts where you can pull out and just go, okay. Like the one part where I found hilarious was when the Kens took over and the whole plan of the Barbies was to just like pretend you're interested. Just pretend you're interested in what they say. And this is like a typical girl thing sometimes when they actually do this in real life where they just say, just you know, pretend like you give a shit, and they'll they'll fall right into explaining their like their man's planning kind of spiel. And one of them was like, "Oh, I can't wait to watch the four-hour uh, S- 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 Snyder cut of S- Justice Zack League." Yeah. Yeah. I was just cracking <laughs> laughing because I'm like, "You fucking nailed me to a tree." I'm so attacked right <laughs> yeah, now. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, yeah. I want to watch that
2: film. <laughs> yeah, and I, I don't. I, this must be just a. It was it was extremely funny, but Ken's fashion, fascination with horses was oh, just like. Yeah. <laughs> Like, yeah, where did that come the, from? One, yeah, of that slides, one of the funniest lines. the
0: funniest is at the end. It's like when I found out the patriarchy wasn't about horses. I kind of yeah. <laughs> didn't like it anyway. Yeah,
3: you know, you know what I think it is. I think it's the idea that so you know the whole cowboys and horses. It represents this kind of typical, it's like this old American, old, yeah, yeah, the old old masculinity kind of thing. But from a feminist point of view. If you read some of the old works of old feminists, the way they kind of describe it is like the way men treat horses is the way they want to treat women. They want to break them, control them, and make sure that they're they're herded well and maintained and groomed. So it's like there's a there's a what do you call um, an allegory that yeah. that women kind of extend when they look at men who are obsessed with horses, and they're like, you know, that's kind of a red flag for them. So the, the way to introduce that mechanism is to say, oh yeah, Ken's obsessed with horses. Why? He doesn't say, but it's like, oh yeah, it's because maybe they you know, they make the guy look better. They make him look more macho. They can be controlled. They can be. They have to be broken from, you know, the wild untameness. So there's a lot of pre-existing history about that. But the fact that they chose to go with that was hilarious because they could have chosen cars, they could have chosen yeah, like, I thought it would be like, cars or s- like motorcycles or something. Yeah, but they- yeah. and then when Ken comes back and he brings Patriarchy, he's like he's wearing the most ridiculous clothes. <laughs> yeah. he's got horses everywhere, and he re- he takes over the house and he calls it his like um, mojo dojo, mojo dojo casa house, house yeah. which is all just <laughs> which is just separate all just words for house. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> which is like just a big man cave, yeah. right? And yeah. it's like yeah, there was the, 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 there's that one part though that it's like. He, he does all of this stuff, takes takes over Bobby's house, takes over the land and everything, and then has his own parties. And then he's like, it doesn't feel so good, does it, when you're not included? Yeah. And it's like, oh, that's interesting. They actually brought a point where he, they showed his pain for a moment and why he did what he did. But it's never really addressed. Barbie just goes into a spiral and never actually just, oh, I did something wrong maybe. I was too I was too obsessed. But they never addressed it again. So it's like there's space to address stuff that they didn't address it. Yeah. Which kind of goes back to that point where they, they could have actually had a moment of like, oh, shit, maybe we shouldn't be doing this. Yeah. Just being in our own little world. But again, it's Barbie. So what, what do you expect? Ken is not the main product of this. So he's the... he that's They even market it. Like Barbie, Barbie is everything. Ken is just Ken. Yeah. I think,
0: yeah, Barbie is the main protagonist of the story. Yeah. And they kind of leave it at the end that Ken still needs to... Figure out who gr- he is. Figure out who he is. So... Like Barbie probably has more of an arc in this than Ken does. Ken's arcs incomplete at the end. Yeah, yeah,
3: yeah. because Ken wouldn't exist without Barbie. Let's be honest.
0: Yes, at least, in and the, that's kind of the, the that's yeah. kind of his his problem his problem through the whole thing yeah. is that he doesn't know what he is without Barbie. And then at the end, he's like, "I need to go figure figure that out. What I am without Barbie?" Yeah, yeah,
3: yeah. So it's, I th- I think they obviously took that into. A- a reasonable direction, and then the end of the film turning Barbie into an actual person—that was interesting. I wasn't expecting that. It felt like a bit of an Android eighteen moment for me. Like mm. <laughs> they decided to make uh, the the unreal, the, like the, the it's like the Pinocchio, like make the doll into the actual real person. So that was an interesting move, um, and the whole conversations that they brought in the actual creator of Barbie—I forgot her name. Like they, it was played by the actress who played Matilda's mother. Yeah, in Matilda. Um, yep. Matilda. Is it Matilda? Yeah, that's the movie name, right? Matilda. Matilda. Yeah. yeah. What did I say? Matilda's? Matilda. <laughs> no. Nah, he said Matilda. <laughs> did you say me? Matilda or Matilda? I'm pretty sure Matilda. It said Matilda. Matilda. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, yeah. I'm, yeah. No, no. I'm, yeah. Yeah. With, an yeah. <clears throat> with an M. Yeah. M. Yes, yeah. sorry, with an M. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Played her mother. So yeah. yeah. Um the, Yeah, the, all those moments are really interesting where they brought yeah. the creator in and why she made the Barbie. Um and even like I think Neil deGrasse Tyson has something to say about the Barbie movie when he found out it's like oh, okay.
2: I'm sure he has something to say about
3: Oppenheimer. Oh yeah, yeah, Yeah. lots to say about Oppenheimer. But I think he he talked about the social constructs that were introduced to us as children through dolls. So that beginning opening shot of Barbie is actually a whole reference to 2001: Space Odyssey, where they, you know, show like the girls playing with babies. Yeah, and that's kind of nurturing their so-called nurturing upbringing and telling girls what they need to do. But Barbie broke that in a way. But they it broke it in a good way, I guess, but they never focused, like you said, on the negative aspects of consumerism, where they made Barbie, like Malibu Barbie, you know, uh, open house Barbie, Corvette Barbie. They just literally just told girls, don't worry about babies, worry about like, you know, buying handbags, that getting lipstick, and, yeah. getting your, your your hats and dresses. And it was never addressed. The consumerism aspect was just like, this is cool. This is fine. Make more plastic, dump it into the atmosphere we don't, or the oceans. We don't care. Yeah, it's just like I feel like they missed out on a whole conversation, like you said. They could have had that. They didn't because it probably would hurt their bottom line. Yeah, that That's right. Yeah. Will Farrell was funny.
0: Yeah. <laughs> we talked about that. Yeah. 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 He was good. It's funny.
3: He relieved a lot of stress from that film. It's just like every time <laughs> it came in. Yeah. And he wasn't like a chauvinistic he was it was like an ignorant uh CEO, but he wasn't chauvinistic. Yeah. It was interesting. Because that wouldn't have worked with Will Farrell. You can never hate him.
2: Yeah. yeah, there's a couple of funny lines that he had.
4: Mm.
0: Yeah, 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 yeah. And I think it, 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 I, I, I like too many lines of this movie that are just hilarious to go through. Yeah, yeah.
3: <laughs> <laughs> it's like, oh yeah, we we care about women. We all love women. It's like a whole all male board of executives. Yeah. And it's like my mother's a woman, <laughs> and, and I'm his son. <laughs> it's like, yeah. Sometimes, uh, yeah, that there were little moments where I'm like, okay, I've seen like a president say these exact lines <laughs> to try and justify that he's got a balanced cabinet or something.
0: Mm. Recent presidents.
3: Recent presidents. <laughs> <Yeah>. Yellow presidents. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Sorry, orange, not yellow. <laughs> yeah. All
2: right. Well, I give it a cognitive recalibration. I think we, we're all positive on
0: this one. Again. It's better than yeah. The Flash.
3: Yeah, yeah no. Yep. It's, it's, <laughs> it, <laughs> I reckon it, it is a must watch. you got to go watch it, you know, find out what it is for yourself and-
0: yeah, again. But also, I guess if you look at the marketing and you're like, I hate this, maybe don't go watch it. <laughs> maybe if uh, yeah. yeah. If yeah. you're
3: not remotely curious and if you're some dude like wrangling horses in the middle of Tennessee. And you don't- <laughs> it's, it's probably not for you. Probably Just not for you. You might even be it. offended yeah. by this film and you want to do something afterwards, like, yeah. be careful. <laughs> okay.
2: Moment of truth with the review. So I've got three sources. Okay. I've got Metacritic. Uh, yeah. Aggregate. That's an accurate so, kind of scoring. Yeah, actually, I got four. So I got uh, Cinema Score, which is mm. the overall rating that um, people who watched the movie on opening night gave. Yeah. Uh, so we'll start with that one. And then I've got Metacritic, I've got Rotten Tomatoes, and I've got IMDb. Nice. So, um, and for background, um, you were saying, Taron was saying, that uh, Barbie would score higher in terms of the critical scores. And uh, Bask was saying Oppenheim would be higher.
3: And I said, I don't care if it's official or fan ratings. Yeah. That's I remember saying that, like it can be either. <laughs> Which now I might be regretting. <laughs> so Cinema score,
2: uh, Barbie got an A. And uh Oppenheimer also got an A. Ooh, close. So that's a that's a draw there. Draw. Okay. That's close. Metacritic. So metascore for Barbie is eighty and for Oppenheimer it's eighty-eight. Eighty-eight.
0: Oof. One it's a high score. It's pretty high. They're good. both pretty high. Yeah. It's pretty both yeah.
3: pretty high for Meta yeah. Metacritic. Yeah. yeah given yeah. that it gets it takes in all the criticisms as well. So that that's a critic score
2: from Metacritic. Um we'll look at the audience and the critics for Rotten Tomatoes. So the critics is eighty eight percent for Barbie. Nice. And for Oppenheimer it is ninety three percent. Ooh. Just etched. Yeah. Both also both very high scores. Mm. So um audience score. Barbie is eighty-four percent. And Oppenheimer is ninety-one. Ninety-one. Audiences have been definitely
3: very vocal about these two. Yes.
0: Yeah. Both all all very high scores for both of them. So yeah. Both I would say both very well received.
2: I'm DB, lastly. So we've got um Barbie at seven point four out of ten. And Oppenheimer.
3: Is 8.6. 8.6. Mm. So, uh, um, IMDb is going to be the holdout for like yeah. all the Nolan fans. I'm guessing
0: IMDb is also, I don't know how many like of the audience that probably like this movie go up onto IMDb and vote for it as well. Yeah, that is true. Yeah. That is true. There's a bit of bias. It's there probably more the audience bias. that hate it <laughs> that would probably go at it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and and vote for it. So,
3: yeah, and does IMDb have a separ- separation between critics and users? Was it just one score? Nah, it's just one I score. Think it's just, I just, just one think, score. Yeah, yeah. Interesting.
2: Yep. Yeah, Metacritic does have a user score. So, uh, 5.1, interestingly, for Barbie. Oof. Um, oh, for, for which platform? Uh, Metacritic.
0: That's probably strongly male-dominant. Well, I'm, I'm maybe being, <laughs> like, sexist here, but I think it's strongly male-dominant <laughs> on Metacritic. <Yeah. laughs>
3: Actually, I remember Metacritic's very famous for, like, video game reviews. Games. Yeah. yeah. So, it's got a lot of gamers, and if you know anything about gamers, <laughs> it's, it's very... <laughs> <laughs> Very highly opinionated, so yeah, they're probably yeah. vocally.
2: eight point nine surfing this in terms of user score on MetaCritic for Oppenheimer. So yeah, interesting. Okay, so Oppenheimer is the winner, but it was close. It's close. It was a yeah. close game.
0: It was yeah. close, and I know Bobby fought valiantly. Bobby yeah. fought valiantly, and we
3: didn't put we didn't put any sock eating condition on you if you lost. No, I was just like no, me because yeah, I was so "What? Yeah, yeah. so,
0: well <laughs> I'm glad you don't have to eat a sock. <laughs> uh, yeah, I was. Uh, I don't know how we managed that. <laughs> There's a, a bit of hubris in there. Like, yeah. I was a little
3: bit too overconfident. Those margins of of difference were definitely much tighter than I would have imagined <laughs> yes. it to me when I made that bet. So. Yes, yeah, but yeah. Like you said, if we went by box office, then you would be eating i I'd be eating. <laughs> I'd be eating a couple. Yeah, I'd be. I'd be. I need to ask Remy for advice yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> on how to chow down a sock. Yeah, no.
2: Cool. Um, so that thanks, Baska, for joining us again. This is a great, great episode to to have you on. Yeah. For. I
3: don't think we'll get another situation again anytime soon. We got two films that are like like this. Yeah, releasing yeah. the same window that are very, very different.
2: Yeah, that's right. Yeah. So, um, I think next week it's a bit of a lull at the moment because of the Rider Strike and movies getting pushed back, but we can talk about Secret Invasion if you've watched it.
0: No, I haven't. I've seen but the first I think few episodes. It, yeah. Think it's yeah. Shit.
2: <laughs> yeah, it's it's not great. I think we'll need another episode just to dissect what's going on. I'll watch the last the episode.
0: So. I I'll, I'll watch the last episode because I heard it's heard it's horrifically bad. And I don't think much happens until then anyway. What so. what, what is the main criticism? Is it just pace? uh and stupid shit <laughs> it, i think it's what just is? like yeah.
2: it's just so inconsequential like it, it's there's consequence but it feels like it's slow and there's so many filler episodes and the end is just like it's just like what what are you doing the right. the end was just
3: like what are you doing i've actually
0: <laughs> i know what happens at the end and it is yeah. horrifically bad <laughs> yeah is it, is it like at all close to the comics not, no, this is not Secret Invasion no. to the comics. Because
2: Secret Secret Invasion in the comics is quite a big arc in the comics and right. all the superheroes are involved in it because scrolls start um, becoming superheroes, like right. they start imitating superheroes. Yeah, 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 I've heard about this. Yeah. Uh, whereas in this, there's no other Marvel heroes in it. It's just Nick Fury essentially. Hmm. Um, so I think that's where they missed a, missed a trick because it doesn't feel as impactful without the – I mean, they, they did something else separate to – to that, yeah. which was just not as good. <laughs> but, yeah. 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 We can we can talk about it, I guess, in in the in another episode.
3: I, I've seen the first couple of episodes and it brought me back to that slight feeling of dread in the beginning of Captain Marvel when you start oh not like halfway through Captain Marvel where Yeah. it starts to reveal oh there's a lot of scrolls on Earth. And there can be anyone, you know, that can infiltrate. Yeah. That yeah. feeling of like wow, there really is no telling who is who. Yeah. That they brought that back. And then they there was a pretty significant character death in one of the first few episodes. And i was like, damn, this is starting off interestingly, but it it is slowing down already from episode two and onwards. So I was just like, wow. Well, interesting, coming back to,
2: bringing this back to Barbie, the main antagonist in in Secret Invasion is one of the Kens in in Barbie. Oh, he is
3: one of the Kens, yes. yes. (laughs) That's right. Damn, they picked out all all the good actors. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Nice.
2: Cool. Um, And we'll see what else comes out after that. I think, yeah, Blue Beetle might be our next big movie release that we talk about.
3: Yeah. 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 I think it's gonna slow down a little bit from here onwards. But there's a lot of there stuff coming. There is the nun too, though. Yes. <laughs> Getting back into the nine current you're in. We have to get Always. up to check. Sorry, I have to get shot. <laughs> yeah. We have to sit him down. You yeah. to have job scares again. Oh man. Yeah.
2: And I think it's really just June two, I think, which is the major which might yes. actually get pushed as well because of the, the strike. So if that does get pushed then um I think it's gonna even if it doesn't I think it's highly unlikely that anything's gonna make more than Barbie this year uh, yeah
3: it'll be tough I mean look even those the sequels always don't do as well as the first ones unless you're a really strong franchise so we'll see how this goes yeah but yeah. Yeah. I think I think it'll we'll it do it.
2: better than the first one just because the first one came out during covid so oh true yeah yeah so I think it'll definitely do better and that that film has garnered a lot of Fans over the last couple of years because yeah. not many people had the opportunity to watch it. Um, mm. And
3: it's going to fill the Star Wars void as well. Yeah, but yeah. There's usually like a Christmas Star Wars movie. This is going to replace that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that brings us to the end
2: because um, my dog is is asking us to come out now. So I think yeah, we've
3: got the alarm bells. Yeah. Here. <laughs> so, hey, hurry up.
2: So, thanks everyone for listening. I um, hope you enjoyed this episode. Let us know if you've had um, if you've got any thoughts on Barbie or Oppenheimer. Uh, you can do that through um, various forms, so Instagram,
0: Facebook all social media or Cognitive Recalibration at gmail.com. Gmail.com, Cognitive Recalibration Podcast. At gmail.com, that's right, yeah.
2: Um, And if you want to support the podcast, obviously subscribe to the channel on YouTube, Um, give us a review on Spotify or iTunes because that makes us more describable on search engines and um, keep telling your friends about the podcast if they don't listen to us. Yep, brilliant. Great. Okay. Thanks, everyone, and uh, we'll see you in another episode.
3: Signing see you later. Have a good one. See ya! Bye. Take care.